0: game time for game winners d boy we gonna let this rock for a little bit because you made it oh boy we gonna let it rock because Damien Lillard hit the game winning three last night game like, like <laughs> Rep that p <laughs> but our friend of V yeah we ain't doing a regular intro here today Ooh-wee. We're gonna let this rock out because of that performance that you had outside of the motor center last night. That we had last night. Uh oh. Because you was big lit up there with me. Let them know then. Let them know. They're gonna hear all about it, kid. <laughs> we're gonna let it rock right quick. So as y'all know, y'all know who it is. It is Devon Pouncy, your host of the Wake Up and Win podcast. Alongside me, I do have D-Boy once again, who also created that song.
1: Yeah, I'm right here with it, and I'm going to warn you before we even keep going. (laughs) We might sound a tad bit different today Uh because of our uh, experience last night, perhaps. So uh, if you hear a little bit of, you feel me in the voice, just know that's credited to a crazy vibe that was live at the Motor Center last night. Yeah, and we're going to talk about that vibe right now.
0: So, D-Boy, obviously, the world knows Damian Lillard came down last night, hit a game-winning three-pointer from Beyond Belief. Yeah, biggest
1: probably... Subject in sports right now.
0: Sent Russell Westbrook home. Sent Paul George home. Salty. And we'll talk about Paul George being salty. But after that game, you, with the record that we just played, Rip City, the Rip City Anthem, got to perform that song at the Motor Center in front of the thousands of fans that attended the game. Crazy. So first off, before we even get into... Just the entire experience last night, because I got a story. My, my night was pretty wild. It was pretty crazy. As you mentioned, you may or may not be able to hear it in my voice. Either way, I don't care. We here, we rocking, and we're going to talk about it because it deserves to be talked about. Say that then. But um, tell me how that even came about. How did you even end up, obviously... You couldn't have a better game to perform at because I was of the way that it that. ended, the yeah. what Damian Lillard was able to do, like that was just massive, flat-out massive. But for you to be able to keep the party going after the game and perform like that, like I said, in front of the thousands of fans that were there, how did that come about? The people need to know. So, I know, but so the people you, need to know. So when you
1: say, how did it come about, do you want to know about the performance in particular, how that came about, that to yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. know about background the background behind the
0: song? I, I want to know about the performance, okay. because we've talked about you making that song here time and again okay. on this here podcast, so if you don't know, now you know D-Boy has the official Rip City anthem for the Portland Trailblazers, they play it at every home game, that's it, that's all, but as far as this performance last night, that has you booming on social media right now, has me doing fairly decent on social media we good, right now, we good. people try to figure out what on <laughs> earth happened how, <laughs> how did, did that, that happen? happen you're the man to tell the story so let them
1: know kind of what happened and how that all came about well i mean basically it really been an ongoing play that i've been trying to well that i've been in the process of putting together for a full two nba seasons now so right like i said i'm not gonna get into the whole backdrop of how the song came about but uh it's been a a, a goal of mine going forward to eventually perform at the Moda Center right. during a game. Uh, coming into it, I didn't care if it was a regular season game. I just wanted the experience and the opportunity. And so uh, being the independent artist that I am, I did my research and gotten to in touch with the right people who work for the Trailblazers organization. DJ OG1 was already back in the song, playing it at the home game. So I kind of had that to, to lead into the situation where I met with one of the uh, game operations uh, people at the Blazers facility, and it became a discussion of a possible opportunity. Obviously, that was during the regular season. We didn't clinch yet, so we didn't know of what the playoff plans were, but it was something that I planted to see with last season. Obviously, the Blazers got swept last year. 0-4 probably wasn't the best time. So although in the moment... I was kind of disappointed that I didn't get that opportunity last season. As you mentioned, I couldn't have had a better time. Not at all. With the monumental game that he had, Damian Lillard, I'm speaking of. Absolutely. With getting his 50th point in the fashion that he did, Uh, the the vibes, the the fans there, just the whole atmosphere was crazy. And so for me to be a part of this Game 5 where they literally emailed me the day of the game and said, hey... Perhaps we win and clinch today. Would you be willing to get the party started yeah. for game five? You know, after game five for the That's festivities. Dope. Absolutely. That's I, dope. I responded to the email and the rest was history. We got all the logistics done and I was right there. So, yeah, so I came with you or I met up with you,
0: actually here in Portland, and we watched the game at the Spirit of 77.
1: Right, right. I started off at, at the game, super actually. Lit. And it then was went super to, lit. Yeah.
0: That's the reason my voice is the way it is, because I had a little bit too much fun at the bar. Right. But that's neither here nor there. Um, But obviously, we were there, and it was a good game for the most part. Through the first three quarters, it was a pretty good game. Blazers looked like they had a shot, like they had a chance. Yeah. You know, it was what it was. Um, So you had to leave, because you had a performance, you knew that. Whatever happened in this fourth quarter, if the Blazers do end up winning, I got to rock the stage. Right. As for me, I stayed put where I was at at the Spirit right, of 77. Right. Yeah. So I'm I'm hanging out there. It's packed out, full of Blazer fans. And uh, it's the thunder go up like crazy. You're yeah. already gone. I'll be honest, when the thunder go up by 15 with yeah. more than yeah. six minutes left, I'm like, oh yeah, the game's over. Right, He's not right. performing tonight.
1: Right. First and okay, foremost, that's, that's a wrap. I- I'm gonna just stay here. I'm
0: gonna just stay here and kick it at the bar the rest right. of the time, and I'll meet back up with you and, when and, you
1: come back. And mind that you, was my that was my thought process. Just a at quick that little time. you know interjection in what you're saying. Like my day was hectic that day. I yeah. sat in about an hour and twenty minutes of traffic even getting to the motor center. Right. They gave me good parking VIP, which was great. But then getting there, I had to submit my music on a USB drive. Have to. DJ loaded up. I ended up getting to the game unexpectedly, but I got in there as right. you probably seen if you follow me and checked out the story. But I was in the atmosphere, wasn't planned. So I already had you and a host of others to meet up with at Spirit of '77. 100%. So I leave from getting the load in, walk to Spirit of '77. As you mentioned, I left early so that I can go do sound check during the fourth quarter. As you're seeing it it's look like it slip away from the Blazers, yeah. I'm refreshing my phone on the CBS Sports app every two minutes to see what the yeah. score is. I seen it get to 12. I thought it was over. Up, oh, no performance tonight. Oh, right. well, I have fun. Hopefully they win in game six. But so sure did I know, I get to the DJ booth, and they got a live stream going that is so on time, no lag, yeah. where as we're seeing the score... We here in the Motor Center going crazy. Yeah, Yeah, so it was tight, man, but that's (laughs) how that all panned out. Yeah, for
0: sure. Well, I ended up, because like I said, I thought you weren't performing, so I'm just kind of in chill mode. And so I'm chilling, I'm watching the game, and as I'm seeing this run happen, I'm like, oh, the Blazers really got action in this game. Let me go to the bar and close my tab out because – I don't want to miss your performance because I obvi- I obviously knew that had they won, you'd be performing. So I go to close my tab out, and now I'm like, do I leave now in the final two minutes of the game so that in case the Blazers do win, there's no way that I miss the performance? But the game was just so good that I'm like, no, I'm not leaving right now. Right. I'm going to watch the rest of the, g- the rest of this game out. So the Blazers win the game, obviously, It's back and forth play. CJ gets the bucket. Dame gets the layup. Paul George comes down and hits the jumper to tie it up. So when Dame comes down and he hits the game winner, my instant instinct was to go crazy and cheer. And I'm like, no, I got to get to the arena. (laughs) Fast. And I jet out the bar and sprint to the arena. And people thought that it was because I was celebrating solely. Yeah, Like, I interrupted traffic. <laughs> you,
1: you, I heard you chanting across the street.
0: I, I'm running through the bar, first off, to yeah. get to the door, to get outside the bar. <laughs> ah. The bar is kind of on the main street, so once I'm outside the bar, I'm running across the street. People are watching me in traffic. I'm interrupting traffic, but they think
1: that I'm cheering,
0: but yeah, I'm trying, trying to get, get to there. the stadium. Mind you, as <laughs> an
1: artist, all they told me, the urgency was because all they told me is if the Blazers win... You're performing right, right after the game. Right. So that's why the urgency Right, of So it was well. super
0: urgent. I didn't want to miss that. So right. fortunately, I got there in the nick of time. You didn't perform until like 10 to 15 minutes after I arrived there. So mm-hmm. I got to see your entire first performance. Yeah.
1: And then that led to a second performance. Yeah, And fortunately, thanks to the experience and everything that I have from past endeavors, it's like I knew that that arena wasn't clearing out in the first five minutes, especially yeah. after an ending like that. Right. So I told the DJ, play some cuts, man. I need you to play a few slaps, and we're going to wait and push this off. I said, I got a couple people that's about five minutes away that got to be here to play move. some music. So I waited for this, stu- you know, the overflow to happen, and that's how we timed it perfectly. That, that was so necessary. So it led from one where it was already lit, the, the crowd was rocking, it was packed, and then... Uh, one of the, you know, employees of iHeart asked me would I be willing to run it back and perform a second time. So at that point, I, I basically hosted the situation yeah, yeah, after that. that. We you,
0: we we did it. You ran that. It. So huge shout out to you for that. For sure. Huge shout out to Damian Lillard, obviously, for the crazy shot that he hit. Yeah. Huge shout out to Rip City. Congrats to the Blazers. I'm still not a Blazers fan, so just because we started the podcast <laughs> like this, don't you dare think this is a Blazers podcast because you don't want to be that
1: bandwagon fan. Because we were talking it's not. About last Absolutely. Week. You are 100% and, correct, hey, there. for real, though, thank but you I, to everybody involved, too, because it was yeah. a lot of people CC'd and a lot of different levels to make this happen. So yeah. shout out to all the hands that was involved with that because we made that happen. Yeah, a lot of moving parts. But, yeah, I definitely still got to set the record straight
0: that this isn't a Blazers podcast. But I will say this. I enjoy being right. Yeah. I you don't enjoy talk being too much correct. about
1: your Lakers, though. I, I enjoy being correct. I talk more about our Lakers than you do. Well, I, I told you I'm you going for the Warriors right now. <laughs> oh, now okay. <laughs> I said that last he, week on he, the podcast. He a bandwagon fan, you I said that we last week on the podcast. Straight fans. We had matching Lakers. Oh, Kobe's jerseys the greatest player to
0: ever play the game. <laughs> Kobe's the greatest player to ever play the game, but we talked about this on last week's podcast, so all you right. can't guilt trip me right. I got you. into a situation they where not, the Lakers not, not even there playing right, playing now, right now, now. So, go so I don't baseball. care about that right now. All you right. have fun <laughs> with the Lakers. I'm gonna sit here with half a voice and have fun in Rip City because I'm here. But yeah, Rip City but, first for me right but, now. But like I said, I do. Yeah. yeah so well, yeah, now looking at now no, listening no, at you no, right now. In the in the playoffs,
1: I got the song. Then why are
0: you bringing up the Lakers? They're not even in the playoffs right now.
1: Because i I don't hear you say much about
0: nah, it, man. Because that's not who we're we we talking talk about, about right, right, now. right now. It's just... nothing to talk about. I'm not talking about an unnecessary topic. Yeah. I, they, unless they, I want to talk about drama. They always necessary
1: if you're a fan. Man, they're
0: not necessary right now. <laughs> so, so, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about how I was right and I was correct because I wagered with a few people, you included, um, since the beginning. Once we found out after the very last regular season game, I was all in on the Blazers winning this series. Yeah, fact. Many were not, and I'm not and knocking I wasn't. you for it. I wasn't. But I was, but I I'm wasn't. not knocking you for it. Many were not. So I just thoroughly enjoyed being correct because I take pride take in it my it takes. And take
1: it deeper, you was correct about Cantor. He did very well against a team that he used to play for. I percent. like he, he was dialed in. He knew some of their tendencies, and he over-exceeded what I, what I thought in place of Nurky. 100%. What did you think about that Paul George statement, though? That it was a bad shot. Yeah, it was a bad shot. It was a very difficult shot when it left my when it left his hands, and I seen it. I thought it was a bad shot, and not a bad shot. I've seen Damian Lillard make countless uh, thirty-five and forty footers. So, that, so is it a bad shot? But I'm saying it's a bad shot because it's not the shot that you would like to take in that situation. That ideally, even for a sharpshooter like Damian Lillard, me looking at it and wanting to see them win, that ain't the shot that I wanted. I thought he ran a lot of the clock off to where he set himself up and knew that he was making that, like he was going to take that shot. And I thought it was a little unexpected, even for somebody who shoots to that caliper. So I don't think he did. I think he he showed a lot more respect for Damian Lillard than Russell Westbrook did. Russell Westbrook was purely trash in the uh, post-game interview, if you ask me. Uh, Paul George at least tipped his hat and said, it's a bad shot. I, it's something I tip my hat off to him and I had to live with it. He didn't tip his hat off to him. He said I he said I had to live with that. No, he said that they're
0: not gonna talk about the fact that it was a bad shot. No, but they're he gonna said, talk about that he made it and I have to live with yeah, that. he said he that's made it. That's not tipping your hat off to anybody. Yeah, he got
1: you gotta live <laughs> with it. You gotta live <laughs> with it. Tip, it. Live <laughs> but with that's not, tip, not no, hat, tipping. Tipping your hat off no, and he, he said that shout out credit to Damian Lillard. He made a tough shot. No, he said that was a bad shot, but he made it. But why
0: did he have to put so much emphasis on everybody's not going to talk about how it was a bad shot. They're going to talk about the said, fact I thought that he, he made when it.
1: The story, I thought I heard a different part of it because I thought he said uh, when it's all written, like, it'll, it'll go down as a bad shot. Like No, I, no, 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 no. He said it won't go down as a bad shot, although it was a bad shot. But it'll I go down said, as Damian Lillard making a shot. What I I agree shot. with what he said is that you have to live with it. If a dude ends a game on a 37-foot jump shot, I don't care who you are. Even with Steph Curry, that's still probably the shot out of any. The next best place he can shoot from is half court. So on a on a scale of knowing basketball, that is not your ideal shot that you want to take. It's not your ideal shot, but we've been calling the man Logo Lillard all playoffs. And like I said, if so anybody is going to make it, it's, it, it's probably going to be him or Steph Curry. Then which it's is. not a bad shot. So that means if you no know shot that on the court is a bad
0: you, shot for him. So, yeah, there's players that are like that. No shot on the court is a bad shot for Steph Curry, Kevin Durant. Obviously, we I see that see for problem. Damon Lillard now. You asked it's me, shot. I don't shot. see the
1: problem with what he said. I think as a defender and as a basketball player of the past, I think that I understand clearly what he was saying. And not only was it just a far shot... It was well defended. It looked like it was going to get blocked. For him to arc that over in extended hand, Paul George crept up on him, and he defended the shot. It wasn't an easy shot. Well, I've seen Damian Lillard hit that shot
0: live before. I would imagine after him being called Logo Lillard, no shot that he's taking from the logo is a bad shot. And statistics have proved that leading up to this point. So you got the statistics to prove it. He's earned the name Logo Lillard. In no way, shape, or form am I going to say that well, was like a bad I said, shot. Like I am going to say Dame's a bad dude for making that shot. Yeah. I'm not going to say it was and, a bad and, and shot and for somebody you. that's been after, making after it all year long, all like series was long.
1: Win. I mean, some people ain't going to give as much credit as others. That don't mean that what he said was wrong. It was well defended. Oh, yeah. All, and all I'm saying is it was salty. Hell. And so, he was salty. I mean, you're gonna be salty after losing how you did and just getting iced like that. That's all fine and dandy, but but I'm still gonna call you out for being salty. I I, I respect Dennis Schroeder, though. Exactly, because he he gave Damon's credit. But he he ain't Paul George or Russell Westbrook. So, like I said, Russell Westbrook was just a flat out. Real baby in that damn post game interview. And he was the one Russell rocking West, the cradle yeah, all Russell, series long I mean, uh, Paul George, he at least answered four sentences. He, he he admitted you got to live with it. You know, I I can understand what he was saying. Period. When the ball left Damian Lillard's hands, me seeing it live, me knowing that he's very capable of making that shot, I grimaced. I said, "Ooh, and that's oh, that's what but it was. It but was one of them moments."
0: But we're also talking about a guy in Damian Lillard who. Has who hasn't gotten the credit he deserved a lot throughout his career. So I also understand, and especially from them in particular, Russell Westbrook has already thrown shade at a point in time about Damian Lillard making the All-Star team when Paul George didn't. So what I'm saying is, there's Mm -hmm. a history there Mm -hmm. between Damian and these two guys to where I'm gonna call Paul George out on the salt because he was for sure salty. I don't think he tipped his hat by any way, shape, or form. And I think it was a situation where, once again, he didn't want to give Damian Lillard the real credit that he deserved. So, Mm -hmm. therefore, it was salty. Whether he had a reason to be salty or not – you pick.
1: And I'll but tell you this was I, 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 I was, I was great. I was great uh, as far as being good sportsmen and all that, but it's it's certain games and certain teams and certain individuals where you know back in youth sports you gotta shake hands after or do yeah. a little line. Some teams I just although they beat me and I tip my hat, I didn't like them. And sometimes I beat them and I still didn't wanna shake hands. When you got that personal feud, it's like sometimes you living with that. You don't know what was them boys talk. They talk they on started, that court, you feel the, the me? The Thunder started that feud, mean, too, though. I mean, I don't though. care. Once it's going, it's <laughs> they lit. They definitely it's lit, started their feud. Me? So cannot, so it ain't lit I no more. I cannot knock him for, uh... <laughs> it was I mean, lit. That might, no, that might feud <laughs> in the next year. Last night was like, lit. <laughs> like, what I'm saying, I just said this to the homie on the way here. Like, this is going to be something for the rest of their career. It's going to be a, a known Lillard and Westbrook battle. Oh, yeah, I it mean, could be. It, it, that's what I'm saying by ongoing. But uh, Dame, uh, Dame definitely put out the flame or any, any kind of bragging rights that they thought they had. And like I said, some people tip they had and some people, you know, are salty about it. I have seen a far much... Higher level assault from us, Russell Westbrook, than I did from Paul George. I I thought he handled the 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 uh post game interview fine. I thought it was Russ that was Yeah, that was I think that's Russ's DNA too, though. That's why a lot of fans don't like either it. So have a hated hate, or love hate. it yeah, relationship.
0: I, I don't think people necessarily expected the Paul George salt the way that it was. I don't see it as as much salt as you put. on it. I think it was salt. It was straight up salt. I
1: mean, we got somebody else in here right now who ain't (laughs) a part of the podcast, but I want to know just from somebody right here. You think that was salt? You better think it was Salt, you Blazer fan. It's a Blazer fan, by the way. I just want to know. If you can't hear I'm going to tell you what he said. It was a little salt, but I didn't have a problem with it. That's how I feel. I mean, you just lost. You're going to have a little salt by nature. But it wasn't disrespectful salt. It It was what it was. I think you both right. Yeah, yeah, it was, Yeah, I think I don't think it was. am down as, for that. Yeah, I wouldn't put as much as emphasis as on it wrong. Being bad. I don't think. <laughs> I don't think it was like, damn, I, that was not classy, Paul George. I didn't expect that from you. It was just, I, I'm mad. I'm hot right now. How we just got iced, and I couldn't have done much more to prevent that. He, he, it is what it was. It was a tough shot. Whether he met or not meant bad, it was a tough shot. We can all admit that. Like I said, as a fan and knowing he's very capable, I grimaced when it left his hands. It was a tough shot. It looked like he almost got blocked.
0: He's a tough shot
1: maker. Right. And so, like I said, at that point, no shot is a bad shot. You would have had to just, you know, not let him get the shot off. What matchup you want to see next round? I want to see the Spurs next round. Just because I really like... In the playoffs, I like storylines. I thought the Russell Westbrook Dame thing was good for basketball and for the first round. I think that was the best series, uh, the best game series in the first round. So I like that. Obviously, if the Spurs uh, play Dame, we're gonna hear the Dame and uh, Audridge. You know, yeah. a lot of comparisons on shit, revisited conversations about if Audridge would have never left. And I just like all the hype around it. So. I think it'll be more there. Plus I think the homie stated that they never beat Denver this season. That's why I wanna see, this series. I want to see I the series. I wanna see the best
0: basketball. It. That's why I don't hey, want to see it. Hey, I, I want I, I to see the best basketball.
1: Hey, make sure y'all remember what he said at the beginning. I have the official song for the Blazers. I want to give the Blazers the best chance to go as far as they capably can. I'm not to see you. The, And I don't think the Spurs would be bad basketball. You having the Blazers.
0: official Blazers song is half the reason I got half a voice so right now. So do you think that do you think that, that you, wouldn't
1: be I'm, good basketball if the Spurs play the Blazers? I think it would be boring basketball if Hell the Spurs nah. play the Blazers. Hell
0: no. Nah. I think the matchups tripping, are far more exciting if the Blazers play the Nuggets. I think it's just far more talent on the floor. I think you got a crazy backcourt in Portland. You got a crazy and deep back backcourt with Denver. You got another all-star out there. I think that uh, the Joker is better than Aldridge. I'd rather watch the Joker play than watch Aldridge play. We know how Greg Popovich plays. Have the Spurs ever been fun to watch? I don't want to see that. I want to see some new blood in the playoffs because we haven't seen Denver make the playoffs in quite some time. And this year they finally made it, and not only did they make it, they were a two seed. So from just a pure basketball perspective, Absolutely, 100%. I would rather see the Blazers play the Nuggets. Plus, if I'm a Blazer fan, I don't care who we play next round. It ain't the Warriors. It ain't the Rockets. And after what the Blazers just did against the Thunder, I'm confident against either one.
1: Well, I mean, I mean, there you have it. So, I mean, that's my take. We got yours. It was a great night in basketball last night. Just to recap it, it was fun. It was dope. The vibes was probably unmatched. I think before we talked about... Uh, the, the show with Sob being the biggest, but that might have took the cake. Oh last yeah, night, way
0: bigger it crowd. Ramp. It was in it a was, it was
1: a stadium was crowd crazy, that all bro. exited the stadium and, and really <laughs> stuck around. And, and, I, yeah, I, I was thinking for a Tuesday they gonna pass by here no and go. They kicked it. I no mean way. it was all the way from the stage to Jack's Yeah. Yeah, it was lit. It was lit. And obviously,
0: the fashion that they wanted in with Lillard hitting the three, it just set the stage perfectly for you to be able to go out there and rock it and perform slash host the after party, if you let me tell it. But next up, we got got to get into the nittier and grittier side of things. Tim Anderson, Major League Baseball player, got suspended for saying the N-word. I'll leave it at that.
1: Keep it locked, folks, as we continue to give you a winning formula. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast. Visit ThatCast.com for more great content on ThatCast Network. So, uh, like I said,
0: Major League Baseball, Tim Anderson, he's a shortstop for the Chicago White Sox. Um, He was suspended, and he was suspended for saying the N-word to a pitcher after being hit by a pitch um, a few days before because in baseball – I I might as well – baseball is playoffs all year long because you're playing a season full of series. Baseball is not like basketball where you play one team one game, another team the next game. Same goes with football. With baseball, you play the same team three and four days in a row. So it's really just a bunch of mini-series leading up to a playoffs where you'll play seven-game series instead of three- or four-game series. Um, But anywho – He did a bat flip against this particular pitcher a couple days before. That pitcher looked at it as taunting. If you know baseball, when a pitcher gets a chance to see that batter again, they might beam him with a pitch. And that very much so happened. So the bench is Mm cleared. Both teams got mad because Anderson was hit by the pitch. Anderson never fought. Anderson never tussled. Anderson never touched anybody. But... He was still hit by a pitch and he got mad. And when he got mad and frustrated, (laughs) he, he got. Something happened off to the side, everybody. <laughs> um, nothing to do with this here podcast. This is too serious of a situation for us to just start busting out laughing. I'm
1: so glad
0: that this is just, it Hey, you got it a real
1: good direction. It, it happens. Spend, you know?
0: Yeah, I, I directed one thing to happen, yeah, so another us. thing didn't happen in the middle of this recording. We'll just leave it at that. All right. But anywho, back to the nitty gritty, like I said. Anderson gets mad. Um, he says to the pitcher, you weak ass fucking nigga. The pitcher was suspended for intentionally throwing the ball at Anderson. And Anderson was suspended for, for calling the pitcher the N-word. Word. Mind you, the pitcher was white. So for use of language, Anderson was suspended. Now, Anderson kind of took the high road in his reaction. Um he didn't really want to talk about it. He said, was accepting, he was accepting, just, ex- he was accepting the his break suspension, and be right back. Take the break. You know, get healthy, whatever it is. He's kind of having this positive outlook on the whole situation. But obviously, the rest of the world is pretty furious about it. Some of the rest of the world, I should say, is pretty furious about the whole situation. Now, for me, it just solely took me back to last week's podcast. Because some of you may remember on last week's podcast, we were talking about Russell Wilson. And Russell Wilson signed that huge record-breaking deal in the NFL as a quarterback. Um, Obviously, his wife, Sierra, they took a particular video in making their announcement about the agreement on the deal. Um, And many people felt many types of ways about it. But, D-Boy, you were kind of, in a sense, saying that that was classless, um, saying that Russell Wilson pretty much wasn't being himself, or he wasn't being the Russell Wilson that we've grown to know. And... I pretty much rebuttaled in saying that you got to look at the fraternities that Russell Wilson has been a part of, for lack of a better term. Obviously, even though the NFL is a majority black sport, he's a quarterback. So he has a different status and he has to hold himself to a different standard amongst a position that is majority white and looked at as the most prominent position in the sport. I also mentioned that Russell Wilson was drafted to Major League Baseball. So he's also a product of baseball culture. Right, right. And that was the reason why we've been getting the Russell Wilson that we've been getting for so long. But although it may have seemed genuine from him, I question that if that really was the real him. And are we really getting the real Russell Wilson right now, that he's an owner, Mm -hmm. um, that he's got these record-breaking contracts where he's got the money and the funding to where he can kind of do what it is he wants because of the financial freedom. It's not really as risky anymore. So my question to you is... How do you feel about Anderson and you being an ex-baseball player, college baseball player, and also a black baseball player? If you were in Anderson's shoes, how do you feel about that situation? And in comparison to maybe the NBA or the NFL, what's kind of the gives and the takes there
1: between the two cultures? Well, I mean, really, uh, my take on it is kind of contradictive because in one aspect i understand it and in another and i'm not hesitant when saying i understand it i really do understand it but what 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 made me kind of i understand the suspension okay and so i first off start off by saying i don't think it's a big deal that he got suspended for one One game. game okay um my contradiction would be in the fact that i do see basketball players i read lips all the time. Slow-mo yeah. replays and everything. That <laughs> 100%. word. Oh, right? Yeah. That word is thrown around loosely and I can't say that it's directly depicted at blacks on blacks or whatever. The word is just generally used in the sport of basketball. Right. I see black men using the what word. I
0: mean I mean speaking of Russell Westbrook who we talked about earlier in yeah, this podcast. I seen, I seen him um, say it in the playoffs multiple fact, times. Matter of fact, the last time where I think it was kind of the most prominent stage that he said it on was when he had the 2020-20 game a couple days after Nipsey Hussle who was his friend passed away and you could clearly see on like the highlight videos and yes I'ma say it so if you got version ears cover them. he was saying that was for my nigga that yeah. was for my nigga yeah. that was for Nip yeah. but he said that was for my nigga a couple times before he ever said that yeah. was for
1: Nip so yeah. we do it see di- it very loosely it commonly in the NBA. at Damian Lillard multiple times <laughs> Too. Yeah, I seen it. So <laughs> that's a fact. So uh, you know, from that's that's where my contradiction would be. But I guess what do they call baseball? America's game. Or, Absolutely. For, so, so me knowing that the the classiness, I guess, behind baseball down to uniform tucks and just everything that comes along with the game. Yeah. me knowing that the purity. Yeah, saying weak ass fucking term. nigga is vulgar language, <laughs> and they try to keep baseball as clean as possible, in my opinion. So. I would assume if an umpire heard me blatantly say that after a strikeout or getting a hit or whatever, it's probably gonna be some disciplinary action behind it. So, but a fact, but a suspension. Well, I, that's what I'm saying. The fact that it was just even one an game, ejection
0: is cool if you're
1: ejected from that particular game, but yeah. then you're suspended for the next game. Well, like I said, with the fact that it's one game, I I don't see that much issue i think we'll be having a real deeper conversation right now if it was three games or like i just he literally said some stuff that he shouldn't have said i don't agree with the fact that it's a suspension but i do i understand it i don't think that you know like you said maybe a a ejection and leave it at that is cool but one game like he said take it and i just don't think that it's that big of a deal he did say something wrong so
0: so here would be my question because Um, As I mentioned, with the whole Russell Wilson situation, when he came here last year and he made the announcement um, that he was going to be a charter investor for the Portland Diamond Project, which is trying to bring this Major League Baseball team here to Portland, and shameless plug, they also have an official podcast on that cast network where we have our official podcast. But anywho, Russell Wilson made mention of wanting to get young black players, and young African-American kids, kids of color, involved and integrated more into this pure and just let's flat out say it, white sport. Facts. What are the teachings that are needed for these young players? Because I felt like even what you just said could have been a teachable moment. Having played baseball up to the college level, having had Major League Baseball pro scouts coming out to see you play, you've been in that world, you've been in that culture, so I feel like you've are really kind of the resident expert when it comes to baseball and the culture of it and being an African-American that played at such a high level. What do you tell the young kids in trying to influence the young kids on kind of how to act and what are the manners, the proper things to do
1: while playing this sport and coming up playing this sport? I mean, first of all, it's a great game, and I think that a lot of people overlook the opportunity or give the sport even an opportunity, black people in particular, to play it because it's not the most exciting sport to watch, and obviously we're big off of Super Bowls and NBA All-Star games and the playoffs as we see now, but we don't shine as much light on as far as our culture, we don't right. shine as much. The black light culture, on, yeah. I mean, I know the black culture throwing Super Bowl parties like like this, the holidays, functions right. for real. Right, we're not doing that for the World Series.
0: So, I think, but it's not. But that's my thing because I think it's because of the racial
1: barrier. Well, there. that's what I'm saying. So, so I if think,
0: you're talking to young kids, yeah. So if I'm talking to young kids, to that that's kind what of break I'm saying. That barrier,
1: that's what I what mean. Give them, yeah. it a chance. Don't. Don't not give it a chance because it's not what your family might celebrate or put as much on the pedestal, or it's not the choice of what you see on TV. That's right. where I was kind of going with that. So it's not a hoop dream. Yeah, it's like it's you know, baseball. give the give the sport an opportunity because it's a challenging, fun sport that gives you a lot of the same features that I feel like helps you maneuver through life that these other sports give. Right, and, it's a character builder, and quite frankly, because of the fact that. They are trying to make it more diverse, if you will. I think the opportunity is there more for real. Like it was a recruiting tool for me eight, nine years ago. Without being, without saying it directly, the coach was, "You'll be a big fish in a small pond out here." He wasn't talking about big wise. He talking yeah. about that I would like stand out. Size. Yeah, he wasn't right. talking about physical attributes. He was talking about how I would stand out being the only black person on the team as far as I looked at it because that's what it really was. But um I would just say give it a chance and to stay it is it is predominantly a white sport and it's gonna be looked at as America's game probably for the rest of time. So I would say basically be prepared to be judged or to to you gotta be really diverse within being able to work with other people it's just not our sport right so the same kind of stuff that we see take place in football and basketball is not going to take place so like i said so be prepare pure. for that yeah clean you uni- like they don't want dirty uniforms no stains on your pants it's it's really down to that yeah you feel me how your socks is rolled up versus how you wear it down it's like unwritten rules that go in baseball that's right not really so much in other sports and i, I played multiple sports to know so so that's what I say. Give it a chance and just know what comes with it is is that. Yeah, so don't be discouraged. I think that's an, an interesting take
0: because um, I've once talked about that here on the podcast, working in media. In fact, I talked about it because... Um, There's a book that's being written, and I was asked to pretty much give a statement about just that. Right. not going to sit here and tell you the book. I don't need any of y'all out here stealing ideas from my people. But anywho, Mm -hmm. um, there was a book being written where I was asked that particular question about being an African-American navigating professionally in a media industry that is predominantly white. And I agree. Um, There's times to be offended, but there's also times... Um, Where you should be encouraged about being able to create that space in your particular profession, although the racial um, majority might not be in your favor. Mm -hmm. So I, I do think that was a really good point there because I even encourage young people in the media industry and people that ask me questions to just flat out go for it. Um, there might not be people that look like you and i do think that there is more good people than bad so i understand where you were saying you know baseball is a good sport and it creates great opportunities it's Mm -hmm. a great game etc i feel the same way Mm -hmm. in the media industry i've met more good people than bad but you will have those moments prepare for that um acknowledge that first Mm -hmm. and know that and have that tucked in your brain first so that you can maneuver the way that you have to to succeed, thrive, have fun, mm-hmm. and build
1: character amongst a demographic that may not necessarily be yours. Right. And one more quick thing I want to put in, and this is more so geared towards parents, don't force but encourage your kids to start at least picking up the game of baseball early because it is a very challenging game. And I'll tell you one thing, I don't know too many successful baseball players that started late. Because right. it's a hard game to grasp. I know many people that started basketball late because they had a growth spurt and was 6'7 and 6'8 and it just made sense. Right. And they were naturally athletic and didn't start. We hear that story time and time again. 100%. I didn't start playing basketball until I was 13, 14 and they play at a high level. Baseball is not that sport. I know many very athletic people who thrive in other sports who will pick up a bat and look foolish. <laughs> yeah, it seriously. Makes sense. So. It's not as easy as it look. Maybe it don't even look easy, but I would encourage parents to, to let your kids at least try it early because... It, it, a head start is really dang near mandatory. In well, my life.
0: shout out to you, Russell Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> Here, start her up.
1: <laughs> Maybe we need to get you to be a part of the Portland Diamond Project. Hey, I'll be Part down of Russell with Wilson's
0: it. movement I would to get these young it. kids to color out there on the diamond. <laughs> hey, don't get me started. I'm with it. All righty. Next up, good good points there. I really liked what you had to say there. Next up, we got our take and nail segment. So keep it locked. This is the Wake Up and Win podcast
1: with Devon Pouncey. Keep it locked, folks, as we continue to give you a winning formula. It's the Wake Up and Win Podcast. Visit ThatCast.com for more great content on ThatCast Network.
0: So, so far today, we have given you all the formula on how to make a song for an NBA team, work the record for two years, go to a playoff game where Damian Lillard hits a game-winning shot. Perform after the game, rock the stage, and basically the process and what it takes to get that done. We gave you the winning formula on that because we have the winning formula right here on this very podcast And D-Boy. Shout out to you, D-Boy, for that.
1: Exclusive.
0: (laughs) We also gave the winning formula on how to be a young black kid or even just a kid of color and navigate through the pure and majority white game of baseball. I think D-Boy gave a really good breakdown on that. But now we're here. We are here at the Take an L segment where we have to talk about and discuss who it was that took a loss this week based on whatever their particular action was. D-Boy, I usually let you start it off, but I'm going to start it off today um, just because some of it still has to do with race. Um, obviously, we just talked about race in the last segment um, with the whole baseball situation and Tim Anderson saying the N-word. And so I'll just stick with that, push through this, and then we'll let you go ahead and do your taking hells. So, my taking L's goes to Will Kane. For those of you who don't know who Will Kane is, he works for ESPN. Um, he has his own show called The Will Kane Show. Now, that plug I'm ashamed of. I wasn't ashamed of my plug for the Portland Diamond Project earlier, but I'm a bit ashamed of that plug, but you'll understand why here in a minute. Um, he also is on the show First Take. Many of you may have seen him on First Take with Stephen A. St- Smith, Max Kellerman, um, show that's really doing well for ESPN right now. Um, so this past week, there was a lady um, from the 1930s. Her name was Kate Smith, and she had a rendition of the God Bless America song. Um, that particular song was played during the seventh inning of New York Yankee Games. That was a tradition there. Um, and she also had a statue Um, outside of the Philadelphia Flyers Stadium, which is an NHL team, a National Hockey League team. Um, And some songs were discovered. Mind you, she's been passed away since the 1980s. She passed away a long time ago. She's no longer alive. I want to respect her in that sense. But going forward, um, there were some songs that were discovered that she had that were very racist. Um, that were very offensive towards black people. And those particular songs recently being discovered led to her no longer having her rendition of God Bless America being played at Yankee Stadium, as well as her rendition. I mean, actually, her statue, excuse me, being outside of the Flyer Stadium. So, you know, obviously, that's been a topic this week uh, in the sports world. And Will Kane who we've already mentioned where he's from, had a lot to say in defense of Kate. And his defense was basically that we are erasing history based on today's moral standards. And what are the boundaries for us to be able to erase history based on today's moral standards? And for me personally, I wasn't, Offended by the challenge that Will Cain made in asking that particular question. Thought it was a decent question. I'm not really offended by that. But what I am offended by, and I just feel was flat out wrong, were the examples that Will Cain used as far as today's moral standards are concerned in comparison to history being ra- erased. Mm-hmm. And so the two examples that he used, he used Martin Luther King, um, pretty much calling him a, fo- a homophobe during you know, the Civil Rights Movement, and he also used Barack Obama, saying that he made homophobic remarks earlier on in his first term of presidency, and that by today's standards, with the rise and with the progress of the LGBTQ community, those two guys would be canceled, so why cancel Kate Smith? And it really got me thinking about an experience that I had recently, more so a conversation that I had recently. It was within the past couple of months, and it was with my friend, and he goes by the name of Cole Merkel. Um, For those of you who are wondering who Cole Merkel is, Many of you have heard I work for an organization called Street Roots. Um, We produce a weekly publication, newspaper publication, and we also have a a vendor program where the vendors sell the publication, and that's kind of a way for them to be able to make their income. And they, always, they also get some other perks within the organization because we're a nonprofit, so we're donation-based. And um, that's not just monetary, but that's also time, and that's also companies being able to try to you know, help these people get a better life because they already do live a pretty tough life. And so Cole Merkel, when I got hired as the vendor program coordinator for Street Roots, um, he was my manager. He was my boss. He was the vendor program uh, director. Cole has now went on to join the ACLU um, here in the state of Oregon. Many of you may have heard of that, the American Civil Liberties Union, which is a very prominent nonprofit organization um, that has a focus around social justice. Cole Merkel also happens to be gay. So Cole and I had a day where we worked off site and we just really kind of got to talk about um, the Progress that each of our marginalized groups has faced. His being the LGBTQ+ plus community, mine's being the African American race. And I actually asked Cole a particular question. And the question was because I think Cole's a pretty fair dude, and he definitely is a friend of mine, supporter of me, all that good stuff. I asked Cole, "Why do you think the LGBTQ+ plus community has progress in certain areas?" that maybe um, black people don't have or people of color don't have. Mm, and Cole, question. I asked him that. And Cole, I think, hit it right on the money with his answer. His answer was because the LGBTQ community is not monocultural. Basically meaning regardless if you're black, if you're white, if you're Indian, if you're Middle Eastern, if you're Filipino. They all
1: stick for each other. We
0: all, not even just that, they all stick for each other, but we all have maybe either a gay relative or a gay friend or somebody of that nature that's within our specific social circle. So basically, that community crosses barriers where certain things get accepted amongst all communities Mm -hmm. because... I know we got gay relatives. Mm-hmm. My man Mo over there, you got any gay relatives? Oh. You got gay relatives too. And that was the code that, the answer that Cole gave to me. And I respected it 100%. But it also is where I felt like Will Kane was absolutely wrong in comparing LGBTQ plus issues to African American issues in this particular case. Because yes... I've been an advocate for a long time here on this podcast for marginalized groups to stick together, for marginalized groups to help each other out so we can kind of strengthen our numbers to be able to make as much progress as we can make to ultimately have some equality here in this nation. And so for him to use the comparison Of the LGBTQ plus community, as far as today's moral standards are concerned, in a situation that had nothing to do with the LGBTQ plus community, but the black race, that was where he took a loss to me because he didn't acknowledge the fact that. This is a specific issue dealing with this this specific race, which is the black race and not this community that had nothing to do with this issue. But you wanted to make these black men look bad for how they disrespected in your terms or mistreated an entire other community that may not deal with the problem that we are facing right here and now and having Kate's. Song and her statue counsel for these two particular teams. So that's where I think Will Kane took an L. Um, I'm glad that I was finally able to share that story here today because I've really been one, two for quite some time because it really stuck with me mm-hmm. when he said that. Like I said, I advocate for marginalized groups to stick together. I do believe that the LGBTQ plus community is a marginalized group. But there are instances where the offense that is taken from whatever group that it's being taken from may not apply to another marginalized group because both groups are marginalized. Mm.
1: That's where I got Will Kane taking an L, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, that's a big L, and I I do like the homies. Uh, Cole, I like his response. That was that was great. That I mean, nose. that was great. <laughs> so that's my input on that. Can I can I do something and make a little history on the, on this podcast real do, quick? Do what you got to do. I know that we give you guys the winning formula, and we gave you guys a lot of winning formulas so far, but I'm going to do something that I think is a first with this podcast and say, I took an L this week. Mm. Have we we did that before? I don't think we ever gave ourselves an L on this podcast yet. I took an L this week. I'm I'm here for it, though. (laughs) I'm going to tell you why. (laughs) I'm here for it. Every bet I made this week, I lost it. I'm going to lighten it up. Me I didn't included. I didn't, I didn't lost to Mo. I didn't lost to you. I didn't send some chicken to Vegas to lose that too. Uh. So... Although I do have a lot of winning formulas, uh, don't ask me to uh, give you any basketball any kind of, takes. Not even ba- Just don't ask yeah. me for no betting parlays. Uh, nah, I darks? didn't lose no pool. But I'm know just you like saying to I get put some parlays together, nothing hit. I put some straight bets together, nothing hit. <laughs> Obviously, the amount, I thought that the uh, Thunder series was just going to be a lot more difficult than it was. And yeah. that ended in five games. So just all of my predictions this week was just. Bunk Louie. I I do dabble into sports betting and I've had some success with it, but uh, this week I took an L every which way I I turned. I lost the bet. So hopefully we come back stronger in the next couple weeks to come, but I took an L this week, folks, and I'll be the first to admit it. On that note, we're out of here, ladies and gentlemen. Nah, D-Boy,
0: for real though, Um, before you even tell him where to find you, Mm -hmm. Tell them, because like I said, you're booming right now on social media. Um, I already got the title of this podcast. It's going to be Game Like Dame. I usually don't. I might make a shirt like that, That's kind of clean. Mm -hmm. Yeah, get your money, baby. Especially after
1: a shot like that, Game Like Dame might. Game mm, Like Dame might go. It might go. Don't take my idea, listener. (laughs) Somebody's going to rip you. (laughs)
0: But anywho, (laughs) somebody's gonna rip you. But anywho, um, like I said, that's gonna be the name of this podcast. So let them know where to find the Rip City song and the Rip City anthem. That's getting such a reaction and that got such a reaction last night at the Motor Center.
1: After Dame hit that bombs away three-pointer to win the series. Uh, like I say every week, my name is D Boy Ltd. That's with a I, not a Y. So D B O I space L T D, like living the dream. Uh huh. That's where you find my music. First of all, you can search it on all platforms. Rip City, in particular, is the name of the official Blazer anthem, and that's on all platforms as well. So no matter if you use YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Music, tidal, and a host of other stuff um that's where you can find it at and it's really it's available everywhere kgw news has it on their youtube page from the whole interview if you want to hear some more info behind the song and see that performance on the news so it's available everywhere you don't got to look too hard d-boy ltd rip city and my social media is D-BoyLTD. Ltd. right. And y'all know where to find me at Pounce underscore station.
0: Or just search my name, Devon Pouncy. And I'm pretty sure you'll have some luck.
1: My next show will be May 1st. May oh, yeah. 1st, Jack London Review. Comedy show. I will be performing at a nice comedy show. Uh-huh. I think my boy Mayor Moe might be making another Uh-oh. appearance. So, Uh-oh. Uh, yeah, Jack London Review. And I'm Portland. the DJ. Wednesday night, Think that May first, comedy night, and then we gonna cap it off with another dope performance. So if you can make it out, come to that.
0: You know, if the Blazers play that night, nobody's coming to the comedy show. Ooh, I won't be at the I won't be
1: at my own show if the Blazers play. Rip City, Rip
0: City. Ooh. Nah, but the cool thing though about that venue, and it's actually like being publicized heavily, is. Um, upstairs, like, it's a downstairs venue where the comedy show will be, but upstairs is a bar that'll have Probably be the linked. game on and every single TV. And I think they've TV. been
1: playing on Tuesday, Thursdays, and Saturdays. It can, well, go, it, it can I mean, go anyway. It, but.
0: This is what I think it really depends on. What day is that? A Wednesday? Uh, It probably won't be a game I think we we save But yeah It really just depends on What happens in that Denver and San Antonio series If it ends in 6 or 7 That'll determine What the schedule will be For the next round Of the playoffs But um, on that note We'll leave y'all The only way that we know how Hopefully y'all had A little bit of fun With us today But the way we're gonna Leave y'all Is by telling you this Stay woke And go go win. win